on dispensers with pets. Go hang out at the cons, Renaissance fests. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. And welcome to a special edition of the Fanboy Planet Podcast. This week we've got a series of interviews the Fanboy crew recorded at the Silicon 2007 convention, a science fiction, horror, and comics gathering held in San Jose, California on October 5th through 7th. In this episode we chat with Mark Bodie, artist and son of underground comics legend Vaughn Bodie, the producer and cast of The Crow, Purgatory 2, artist and graphic novel creator Phil Yeh, Victoria Craven, the director of Pocahontas, the movie, and Bay Area fan favorite Eric Zuckerman, star and producer of the Eric in the Elevator series. So, take it away, Derek McCaw. And we are back with Fanboy Planet. We are with Mark Bodie, a comic book artist, a visualist, son of Von Bodie, artist from the 60s and 70s. Cheech Wizard. Cheech Wizard, and, uh, well, influence at least on Wizards, right? The Cobalt 60. And Cobalt 60 is the big character which you've carried on. So yes. uh, we'll start with Mark. Tell us what you're active in now. Well, right now I'm, I've just got done writing the whole second half of Cobalt 60. I, I've already done about a 150-page graphic novel, uh, Cobalt 60 Part 1, 2, 3, and 4, and uh, in full color. And that was done for Epic Illustrated back in, um, in the 80s. Late 80s, yeah. And uh, then it was reprinted uh, by Donning, Starblaze, and then it was done again by uh, Tundra, uh, which was Kevin Eastman from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. fame, uh, reprinted Cobalt 60, and we finished the whole saga. But now I'm doing a whole second half because we just sold the first half to Universal Studios for a live-action film. A live-action film? Yes. I mean, how's that going to work when clearly part of what makes Cobalt 60 so fascinating, I think the people listening, even if they don't know that they've seen your art and your father's art, they've seen it. Uh, you know, it's a very specific, uh, almost idiosyncratic style. And does exactly. that, do you think that lends itself to a live-action film? Well, as long as you keep uh, the flavor of the humor and and the basic look of the characters, and, and now with CGI you can take a mutant character that, that looks exactly like a Bodhi character and just 3D it. You know, it's not a matter of, like, you know, line style anymore. We're actually looking, like, at the characters as three-dimensional. And my father brought me up when I was a kid thinking that his characters were real. So when when I was five years old, you know, he said Cheech Wizard lives over the hill by our house, and we used to okay, go... Okay, so I want to specify this. Your father let you believe that his characters were actually lying in wait for you somewhere. Yes. So he would show me the cartoons. <laughs> Trying to keep you at home? He'd show me, yeah, he showed me the comics, and then, I, and then he'd go, well, Cheech, I see him every day. He walks over the hill every day around now, so let's go up there, and we'd have a picnic, and we'd wait for him. And he never came. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I, are you waiting but, for him but, still? But, but yes, but um, no. But uh, 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 basically, my father was developing my own imagination at a young age to to see his worlds in uh, as real. Well, it's not just the characters; that the worlds are fantastic too. Is so all, I was all living CGI in his stuff? reality uh, as a child, wow. and and so our reality seemed to mesh with his and so as a child I, I just thought all that stuff was real so I was imagining it as real 
And, and later on, when my drawing abilities came about, uh, it, you know, after, say, in my teens, when I started getting better at hand-to-eye c- um, control, uh, um, it started uh, to really uh, click. And all of a sudden, I could just draw in the style without any effort. I have to ask you a semi-related question. You've got a number of tattoos. Uh-huh. Your designs, of course? Uh, some of them, yes. Um, I've actually been tattooing for 13 years. So you did them yourself on yourself as well? Uh, some of them, yes. But, That's cool. But um, like I've ha- I have one of my father's image of my mother uh, on me, that you know, like a drawing he did of her in the 60s, because um, she just passed away recently. She was the original... Uh, model from my father's girls, um, and she just passed away in June, or, or actually, yeah, in June. Um, and uh, so I got a tattoo dedicated to her. But very nice. Um, but I've been tattooing for about 13 years uh, at Sacred Sacred Rose Tattoo in Berkeley is okay. where I work uh, currently as a tattooist. But only three days a week. The rest of the week, I spend on licensing promoting mm-hmm. doing new comics you know and so on you know you got to kind of have a juggling act if you want to make a living uh, at, at doing comics you can't just rely on comics itself you can't got to rely on licensing you know doing you know just toys clothes you know promote. have there been, been toys out of your work yeah yeah the Cheech Wizard toys uh through Kid Robot, and now we have a Bodie Broad toy coming out through uh, Planet6.com. Uh, it's got a new series of uh, 14-inch Bodie Broads that are going to be vinyl toys. And they're really well sculpted. I wow. re- watched, you know, actually did a lot of the drawings for the sculptors, and they, they're really... I mean, I've never been attracted to a doll before, but <laughs> oh, we don't if I'm going to be attracted Rick to is, a doll... we don't want to get too personal here. <laughs> Rick is mentally clearing a space on his shelf. <laughs> <laughs> his wife is currently walling up that shelf. Yeah. But <laughs> so, so do you have, like, a main website that people can go to where all this stuff is linked off of? Or? Uh, yeah, you can go to markbode.com, and it's M-A-R-K-B-O-D-E.com. and. That's my official site, and uh, um, basically, uh, you know, uh, the Cobalt Sixty movie is been sold um, to Universal, and Zack Snyder. It's his idea to do the movie, so um, okay, so, so they're buying it for Zack. So after Watchmen, then he's going to go he's on to supposedly he's on to Cobalt Sixty. So interesting. I'm going to be very excited to see. The only the only actor that I I'm, I'm going to uh, if you know the story at all Strontium ninety is the little stunted prime minister he's only about three feet tall but he's uh, the one who kills Cobalt's family and Cobalt's you know wants to kill Strontium ninety but the only person I thought perfect for that was Paul Rubens you know mm-hmm. Pee Wee uh-huh. Herman uh-huh. and to put Pee Wee's face on Strontium ninety would be would be the ultimate Strontium 90, I think. But <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> well, it's really ultimately up to Zack Snyder and Universal because they own... But you've got the wishes expressed here, and we know Zack listens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zack. A man can dream. Going to call him that favor. <laughs> Paul Rubens is Strontium 90. Okay. Cool. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's a really early plug. Sure, but, but you know, if it happens, we get to take credit for it. Yeah, take credit for it on this show. <laughs> so, good. Well, uh, do you have any of I, I think it's wonderful you came to talk to us today. If, if everything went right on track, when could people even begin to look forward to, to the movie? Um, I would imagine 2009. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark, for sitting down with us. We really appreciate right. it. Thank and you. And look forward to your work. Hope you have a good show. Thank you. And this segment of the Fanboy Planet podcast this week, we are sitting down with the uh, cast and one-man crew of (laughs) The Crow, Purgatory 2, which is a sequel to a fan film, The Crow, Purgatory 1. Uh, With us is the director, 
writer, editor, uh, disciple. Also uh, the original score, too. The original score as well. Uh, the star of The Crow, Purgatory 2, David Lockhart. Thank you. Thank and, you very much. And the other star of <laughs> The Crow, Purgatory uh, 2, Cherise Parviz. Yes, very good. Okay, there we go. So we'll start with the, the, this came out from a fan film, which for those listening may not may not know, it is available on comics2film.com. And yeah, and also toyproductions.com. Uh, I know that's a shameless uh, plug, but... It's free. Be shameless. Download. Yeah, nobody ever gives shameful plugs. Is what <laughs> <I noticed. laughs> oh, we are humble. No. You can find me at Barnabas. It's all right. All plugs are shameless, and that's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, okay, so your inspiration, even something we were just on a panel together talking about this, which of course now has to be reproduced uh, for, this, for this podcast. The inspiration to get started with this in the first place, why a crow fan film that has become something larger. Yeah, uh, basically the storyline is an original storyline. It was basically a suicide pact that I made with myself and one of my personalities. Uh, one way was to get attention from my ex-girlfriend, actually um, my ex-fiance. Uh, one way is that when you have two different lives or secret lives, you have to learn how to deal with it. Uh, you start to basically uh, compromise your own values. Mm-hmm. So you start that that downward spiral that uh, gives way to a lot of great music and a lot of films. Typical Disney plot, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Curl came in basically as just a marriage between the stage play uh, which was a gothic multimedia opera which is purgatory and then we put it in the Curl world because we're kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Well, what attract? Why, why put it in the crow world and not just do your own adaptation of your stage play, Purgatory? Well, one of the marketing uh, abilities, which is um, my assistant over here, his name is uh, Alan Smithy Jr. Uh-oh. Hi, how you doing? Uh, basically, uh, what so we, he survived the suicide pact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's one of the ones who stopped me. Uh, basically, we wanted to market this into conventions. And films and comics because it's in that same world. Uh, we threw a club event called SF Crow 2004 that happened, and it just happened to be in that theme. So we sort of yeah, and that was tied into together. WonderCon 2004, yes, right? During so. the WonderCon in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. All right, and so that that grew. You had how long was that original short? Because I, I haven't seen uh, that. the original short was about 15 minutes, uh, and it's available online. It took it took a life on itself. Where online? Uh, at <clears throat> toyproductions.com or comics to film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically. Shout out to Rob Worley. Okay. Hey, yeah, shout out. Uh, basically, it, it started getting more popular and people started writing in, in like from everywhere from France mm-hmm. and even Morocco, I believe. Uh, they no, actually we don't really have a that. Moroccan audience. You don't need, I, to, you don't need to pander to them. <laughs> that's, that's the good thing about <laughs> the internet. We lost our Moroccan audience? Well, uh, did we, ha- we had Maracas. Uh, so, uh, were David and Cherise, are you, were you involved in the first one as well? I was in the first one, and uh, I killed all the co-stars in that one, so that's why we had to bring some more to co-stars in for the second one. Okay. That's right, and I came into the second one and had a blast. It was so much fun. Okay, it, it, the running time on this one is fifty-four minutes, so 54 it's a much minutes. longer. What you know, what what needed to? Yeah. Why do a full, uh, almost full length uh, well, those, film? There was a lot to say. Uh, luckily, Silicon was gracious enough to show it, uh, even though it was two thirty in the morning. And part of it is that it's a double-rated R showing. Mm. Double-rated R? Uh, so I've just never heard of double-rated R. That's uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's like, you know, when people see things and they go, oh, oh, that's wrong. And it's not so much sexual, but, oh, that's wrong. Yeah, you know? we get that a lot. Okay. Okay. It's like, like, yeah. like homosexual necrophiliac. Not that I have anything about homosexuals. But necrophiliac. You, 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 you do draw the line yeah. somewhere. Yeah. When, you, when you put it together, people go, oh, that's wrong. Okay, yeah, so let's go, David. Um, I, again, not having seen it, but how close to the Crow mythology uh, were you? A fan of these films, and did you come in with that kind of enthusiasm? Oh, cool! I'm making a Crow movie, or did you just come in and go, "I got a job"? On and did Craigslist? you check the guns? Oh yeah. Oh, tasteful. Yeah. 
Oh, I go over the line. Yes, I did. You're our moral compass. Safety announcement. You're the moral compass. Kids, always check the guns. No, that's a good, that is a good uh, tidbit, definitely. Um, I wasn't so much of a Crow fan as I liked his purgatory story. I think his universe that Disciple created is just, it blows me away. I think, I mean, it's better than, well, I don't want to say better, it's just, that's what that's what moved me to to really want to do this for free and and just take my time and and he's just a really talented guy. I've seen his work and so I was like, okay, I, I trust him. And during the filming of it, I was I was starting to lose a little bit of hope when it was like one man show, script blown in the wind, <laughs> three o'clock in an alleyway, and he's like, okay, here's a special effect, shines a flashlight in my face, look scared, look scared. And then uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. That was the first one. And then the first one turned out I had two awesome. flashlights. Oh, sorry, two flashlights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> so that's why I was willing to, to keep on going because he he's, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant man. Are you just like to echo that, Cherise? Well, I got involved in the second one because I saw the first one and uh, was really impressed with his work and uh, with Disciples' work. He's just a fen- he's phenomenal. He's just amazing. What about my work? You're all right. Anyway. Um, you got changed for a twin. But <laughs> my, I, I was really excited about doing the role of the Antichrist. Because being a woman, there's very few roles like that, and uh, it was a, it was just fun, and I loved it, and I'm looking forward to Purgatory Three when I really get to kick some butt. Okay, <laughs> and of course, you all subscribe to the Fanboy Planet ethos, even if you didn't realize it, which is don't quit your day jobs. And so you know, you Love keep it. those day jobs so you can afford to do this. What was the filming? You know, if you were working, say, a forty-hour week as a regular regular Joe, you don't look at me. I, can't. I don't know. You know. I, <laughs> he doesn't even brush his hair. I just okay. let pe- take people. Okay, I, I don't want to make any presumptions uh, about your career. But uh, I, how long was the shooting schedule? And you know, was it, were you keeping very, very odd hours? I, I, you know, the Crow doesn't seem like a franchise to be shot in the daylight. Uh, yeah, I think uh, some of the uh, flashback scenes uh, were in the daytime. I wanted to make uh, a contrast, uh, dealing with colors. Oh boy, I'm starting to sound like a geek. I'm sorry. But yeah, it was uh, shot at night in the middle of the night. Most of it shot at night. No day for night stuff. Yeah, right. uh, but I, I think the good thing about it was that uh, we were able to work around things like shoot on Sundays where parking's free. Um, where you get your tires slashed. A lot of parking yeah. lots, a lot of rooftops, <laughs> warehouses, yeah. and in crappy areas of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Whenever- dedication. So whenever there was like a uh, like a homicide going on in the city of San Francisco, mm-hmm. we would chase behind it uh, like the ambulances to get our stock shots. Oh, uh, kind of deal. It's all about that's being important resistant. tip, kids. Hmm? Yeah. All right. yeah, chase those ambulances. Chase those ambulances. Make it work. For and you. yeah, you said you had a budget of eighty dollars on this film. Yeah, we went over budget actually. It uh, set it out at eighty dollars and a taco. And it, oh, that was the first one. Okay. Uh, we actually went over it. In the end, the saved receipts, it came up to 106. 106. Just okay, so you, you know, yeah, all right. So $106, and you've talked about if you do make a third one, you really need to have a solid budget. Yeah, basically, it would have to end all life on the planet. 300 bucks. And that's how the yeah. movie pretty much starts within the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And angels and demons rise from the ashes and start kicking ass with the two main characters right in the middle. Yeah, okay. And for those listening at home, uh, probably one major factoid we haven't covered is that James O'Barr, the creator of The Crow, has given you the blessing, his blessing on this project, right? Yes. It's not a financial blessing or, or anything of the I didn't matter. say it was financial, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, he, he came to the premiere of the first one. Uh, he really liked uh, what we did, and he really appreciated it that we took the idea, turned left, and created a whole new universe, new characters, and new stories to tell. Uh, as far as the rights and everything, we just wanted to make it free for everybody to, to see mm-hmm. in festivals such as Silicon, WonderCon, and so, so forth. And then you've got one coming up, you told, the Oakland... Yeah, the uh, Oakland International Film Festival, which is in October... 19th, 2007. Okay. Grand Lake Theater. And one other shameless plug is basically uh, it showed, our little $80 film showed at uh, the Festival de Cannes in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got accepted. And so it lets you know that people with prosumer equipment can tell a story. Absolutely. Those be inspiration that, that 
and you have the original creator giving the blessing, and it's a, this is great give and take of communication between fans and creators and making something bigger. Where can people, if they can't make it to Oakland, get their get a chance to see the Crow Purgatory too? They can uh, visit Torrid Productions. Can you spell that? T as in Tom. O R R I D Productions. That's plural. Dot com. Or they can look it up on MySpace, or go to YouTube, type in The Crow Purgatory, and uh, trailers and uh, pieces of the movies can be seen there. Cool. Okay, are you selling the DVD through the through uh, Productions? The DVD is not for sale. Okay. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, if it's between paychecks when I have to go to Comp USA to make copies of it. <laughs> uh, it's very important. I feel honored. <laughs> then that I got a copy of this. Yeah, so we can yeah. Watch. I got so we paid. Can have a, we can have a fan with one. Oh well, good, good, yeah, excellent. So basically, well, I just wanted to make it sure that uh, we're not looking for a distribution deal. Yeah. We just want to tell a story, and people go, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Well, what do you do for your day job? Uh, I work for West Airlines, <laughs> and uh, basically, I, I'm one of those peanut throwers that, that supplies drinks on airplanes. Cool. That's <laughs> true. All right. That's off the air, tell me what airline services. that is. <laughs> I yeah, see, I mean, that's, that's the reason. There, there's a duality of real darkness of having to work a day job So like that's that. goth airlines that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually Air Bazaar. You, know, you leave... Fly the gloomy skies. Yeah, you leave Monday and you return the previous Friday. That way you have the weekend to i got to start flying that airplane. Yeah. I totally, totally need that. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for Thank coming by awesome. and talking Thank about this. And, it is an honor. And I'm looking forward to watching this. Thanks for the time and, and the DVD. Have a great show. Thank you. And we're back uh, once again. And we've got with us now Phil Gay, who is a comic book artist from for many, many years, a cartoonist, and uh, looks like children's book author as well. So, Phil, welcome to Fanboy Planet. Good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how we got you in your orbit. You're here at Silicon, and uh, let's talk about your projects that are going on right now, what you're, what you're pushing hardest here or the newest here? Yeah, well, the new thing that we're pushing is this uh, old comic book of mine, Dinosaurs Across America, which has been reprinted and colored by my excellent colorist, Leva Jurger, uh from Belgium. And uh, it's now in a hardcover book. MBM has uh, published it. So we'll have some distribution, and uh, hopefully, some. hopefully, <laughs> and uh, we're trying to get this out in all the school libraries, public libraries, and home libraries. So I want to sell like twenty million. Right. This is a book know, about so. U.S. geography with US, dinosaurs and spaceships. Really, I don't exactly. see how this could go wrong. Yeah, and everyone knows the dinosaurs were really part of American history. So we've got all the all the states. We've even put Kentucky in there. <laughs> Well, sure. Uh, are, that are they eating chicken in that one? Is yeah, fried they chicken? are. They're, they're eating fried chicken in every page. <laughs> and uh, the idea is that uh, this is a fun way to learn U.S. history and geography as opposed to the hard way, yeah, the other way. <laughs> but all, they're all real facts, and they're told yeah. by dinosaurs. dinosaurs that are imposed on top of bits about the different states. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And... Uh, so we're hoping that sells, and if it doesn't sell, I've got the new my new Casco graphic novel. We just printed this as a first chapter. It's a story, a uh, true story. 35 years, this character has been trying to get published with no luck, and uh, so it's taking place from 1972 to 2007, and I sort of backdropped in all the real artists and writers, so it's name-dropping city. Sure. So it's and, set on uh, Haight-Ashbury? Well, is like the le- exactly. It starts in Haight-Ashbury, the underground comic scene, uh, Gilbert Shelton and all the guys. And then the, this last page here sets it up the uh, San Diego Comic-Con at the El Cortez Hotel. And you have Casco meeting Sergio Aragonis and Bill Stout and Scott Shaw wow. and so forth. So it, by the time I get done with this, it'll name-drop just about everybody in the world. It's almost so, like a trip through comics history to go along with geography, but probably absolutely. a very different audience. So, what different you know? Audience. Do you find what inspires you to do stuff? You know, to work in a children's literature. Mm-hmm. And NBM has a wide variety of stuff. I mean, some right. stuff's not appropriate for kids, but some, a lot of it is. So, you know, what pushed you to do that? The NBM book. The, well, I don't. Well, you said it's a reprint. Yeah, but. this is a reprint. Well, this is what pushed me. Terry's been an old friend, and uh, I really wanted to break. I, you know, Terry and I have been talking about breaking in more into the library market and the school market because I believe that the problem with comics is we don't have any new readers coming into the field. 
And because we don't have any kids and new readers, uh, they don't go to comic stores. We're losing readership, so we thought, why not start in the libraries? That's a big theme on and, our uh, podcast. It is a big theme. I mean, and, and here's the, you know, I mean, it's a good point. You, the, the U.S. government just had a study that this is the best way to educate people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to combine it into the into the so-called graphic fiction, um, or, or the not necessarily fiction, but but into graphics like that, right. graphic edutainment, edutainment, yeah. edutainment. That hurts. That hurts to say. I don't like it. It's an unpleasant word. I'm going to recover. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and and so yeah, so you've got that. You're pushing into into that, and then you've got the Casco, which is more of an adult story. Is that self-published? No, it, it, the Casco. Yeah, it'll be published by us. But the, you know, the Casco book is actually the. Maybe the R X-rated history of uh, underground comics all the way to present, but it's done G-rated style because what I wanted to do was present a book to my kids and grandkids, you know, other people's grandkids, not mine. But uh, perhaps someday. The the idea is that you know here's the '60s, here's the '70s, here's what happened in a G-rated way, just in yeah. sense of here's what didn't really yeah, happen. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> mention. We can't remember it anymore. We don't mention all that stuff. But Make the fabulous Frey Freak Brothers yeah, family friendly. Yeah, exactly. So I have you know <laughs> scenes in here where he's meeting the old hippies and the Ashbury and whatever. And the way I've done it is, you know, with humor. It's uh, it's a, like, for instance, this is a Grateful Dead's house on Asbury Street where the Grateful Dead lived. And uh, so the scene is... I remember their animated series so well. Yes. Yeah, the animated scene. So the scene, <laughs> the scene is Casco going into the house and just talking about his dreams in the 70s. And I met Gilbert when I was 16 years old in San Francisco. And he doesn't remember this, neither do any of the other guys. Uh, that's the one, one thing about not smoking dope. Uh, I can remember everything happened. But uh, the interesting thing is just in terms of young kids today, they have no idea how any of this happened. We don't have any idea, those of us who lived through it either. Well, it's but, good to uh, get down in uh, well, it color just, then. It was just happening, yeah. Yeah. But it, it just, for, I meet a lot of young kids who like the Jack Kerouac and the beat scene. I was friends with Herbert Hunky, the guy who gave Kerouac the word beat. And I'll meet college kids who say, hey, you know, I, I know you know Herbert Hunky or Gregory Corso or whatever. So it's a way to just tie it all in because it all relates. It's all starving artists and writers and how they manage to somehow make a living. Some of them actually made money. <laughs> so, and, uh, Not many, but some. Now, is that available? Is Diamond carrying that? Uh, Casco is available on our website, wingtiger.com. This book is available hopefully everywhere. The Dinosaurs Across America. Um, yeah, Dinosaurs mm-hmm. Across America. That's right. We're on the radio. Um, yeah. But, uh, we'll get that on camera, too. Yeah, on camera. And uh, so we're, you know, we're, we're encouraged by, I was just in the Baltimore Book Fair last week. A lot of mainstream people there, and the book sold out. So I was very Excellent. happy. Yeah, I'm very happy. Is this being a good show for you? Uh, so far, it's good. Sh- well, this show is an interesting show. Yeah. Very Tell us about that. Why is what makes um, it interesting to you? Well, it's my friend Dan Lopez. It started Silicon, and you know I'm happy to be here. But uh, this year, for some reason, we're not selling as many books. So okay. I don't know what's happening. But we're meeting new people and friends and old friends. Mm-hmm. They owe us money. Okay, <laughs> Mark Bodie's here. And, well, it's good. Know. So you got you finally got that last twenty out of him. Yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, Mark is a very troublemaker. It's a, <laughs> a lot of trouble. But uh, over the years, Mark and I have painted many murals, and we have a potential offer of painting a train in the Grand Canyon. That's what we're pushing for. Did you say painting a train? Painting a train. Mark and I painted a fifty-four foot semi truck in Philadelphia with Mr. T. And with Larry Welts from Cherry, it was a children-friendly mural. Yes, and um, and uh, we did a trash. Was Mr. T the brush? Yeah, he was. He was the brush. We aimed him. Mark held him. And uh, Kevin Eastman and and the gang of the Ninja Turtles in Northampton. We painted a trash truck, which was weird. Um, That's got to be a collector's item. Yeah, we just and we just painted and Sam Where do you get a collector's item? Where do you get a bag for a trash item? You put it in the bag. Put a board on that too. (laughs) But uh, can we we, get that graded? We just finished painting a uh, forty-foot metal container in San Bernardino, and now Mark is ready. To, to do a train. A train. Yeah. A train. Does the U.S. Park System know about this plan, or we do you sneak in at night? You know, it's, a, <laughs> it's a nice thing about being a graffiti artist. You just, we, we always say you can so, do it. Oh, wait a minute. So, so you're saying that none of this was actually done with uh, the government's knowledge? It was actually sanctioned. And, uh, okay. The truck actually turned up a year later. To, we finished it in front of the Library of Congress, 1994, which you can't park 
trucks in front of federal buildings anymore. No. Secret Service called me after, to me, maybe I'm serious. They called me and said, you can't park trucks in front of federal buildings. I said, thanks. Thank you for notifying me today. <laughs> but uh, Thank you for not blowing we, it up. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's just weird. But we, we've done these big things, and we want to do a train. We're getting old. Mark is not getting old, but I am. A train. No, that's a fascinating. Train. Yeah, so, that's I mean, be fun. It, it was part, if you were to, you know, I mean, it's part of the Grand Canyon. It's yeah. All these tourists, uh, you know, any particular subject matter yes, that you'd really want to. Yes, he wants to, to do, um, well, I just read a book called Dinosaurs Across Route 66. It comes out next week. Oh, so there's a sequel to and Dinosaurs sequel, Across America sequel. already. And we mentioned Woody Guthrie. So uh, Mark's idea is to paint Woody Guthrie on a train. Like, you know, he used to ride the rails. Bound for glory. And it's going to be like encouraging hobos. Excellent. I yeah. think they need to research we need a new, a We've new had breed pirates. Hobo. We've had ninjas. We need hobos. So 2008. Hobos are the new thing. 2008. Yeah. You will I be think, on the forefront. I think the Bush administration is trying to get the homeless reclassified you, you as hobos. Are they tax exempt? Then? No, it's just a. It's no. a All right. It's going to be thing. like a hobo theme. Mark has got an idea. Cobalt hobo. Cobalt hobo. It all comes together. It's interesting. And this might actually get me back out to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> doing your part for America. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Phil. It's been a wonderful time talking with you, and I'm you looking Appreciate forward to these projects. The mics. And I think I have a copy of Dinosaurs Across America actually waiting for me at home. I'm, uh, oh, it's my wife good. called and said, "There's something going to be Very good. That. Cool. Hey guys, what's up? Lon here, uh, back with the Fanboy Planet podcast here at Silly Con. Is it Silly Con or Silicon? Silicon. And uh, we're, we have a special guest here tonight. We have Veronica Craven, the producer director of a, I guess, a horror film. It is. Yeah, it's called a Pocahontas. Film. Correct. That's H A U N T A S. Play on words. Yes. Um, and so, Veronica, tell us a little bit about your your movie. Well, first of all, thanks, guys, for inviting me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for making art. <laughs> That's what we care about. We like We're all art. about the art. You know, I don't know if this is so much art, other than you know, just a fun movie to watch. Well, thanks for the fun, then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Hey, yeah. I'm all about fun, guys. You know. We should point out we have Jason Shackett also on the mic today. Yes, yes. as the other special guest, the other manly voice you'll be hearing. There you go. <clears throat> yes. Um, so, what, first of all, tell us a little bit about it, and then tell us how you came up with the. Sure. The um, idea, concept. Barry Radcliffe wrote the movie, and um, it was his idea. For Originally, he, his um, ancestor is John William Radcliffe, who came over on some Mayflower ship, some, you know, when they mm-hmm. all came over here. And he thought that his ancestor was actually married to Pocahontas. Hmm. And so he thought that would be kind of cool to include, but of course it's not true. Right, <laughs> right. And we correct that in the movie. Mm. <laughs> And um, you know what? He just wanted to do something that was fun, that was not done before. And, you know, uh, he wanted to um, sort of take this into a different direction. And, uh, you know, I think we I think we did her justice. We made her sexy when uh, he he always he always says that he's tired of her being thought of as a short, fat whore. You know, (laughs) so can I say whore? (laughs) It's a family friendly show, but that is a perfectly reasonable word. Sure. It's in the dictionary. Yeah. It's part of horror, you know. There you, there you go. go. <laughs> is it? <laughs> okay. So the plot line basically is Pocahontas is... I, the, the plot line is that, you know, we, we took the original idea, of, the original story of Pocahontas, and we twisted it a little bit to, to fit our story that, you know, she when she died, she took revenge on the people who raped and pillaged her land, basically. And then she comes back to this place every hundred years and does the same thing to their ancestors who come back. And so... Um, we just kind of took something to kill people. You know? Excellent. It's just an excuse to kill people. Yeah. Hey, that's what a good horror movie's all about, right? Uh, just an excuse to kill people. Right? And a method. And you're showing the film here at Silicon. Yeah, tomorrow at 11. Tomorrow at 11, which, of course, is going to be too late for most of our viewers. Yeah. Right. So. Is there any place they can go to... Read, uh, read more well, about it or yeah, find out where more showing Yeah, we have a website on MySpace. Okay. Pocahontas the movie on MySpace. And that's MySpace. spelled? P-O-C-A-H-A-U-N-T-U-S. That's right. The yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> now, what did, I'm curious, what did you guys shoot on? What format were you guys working on? We shot on a Sony DV cam. I don't know the exact numbers of it, but it's a brand new camera. Hmm. And I had, I had a DP, and he, it was his equipment. And... Um, 
we edited on a Final Cut Pro lap- laptop. And where did you guys primarily shoot then? What was your location? Santa like? Cruz. Thank oh, you. Fantastic. Bay Area. Woo, woo. Right. Represent. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we also had a little local news this morning in the in the San Jose Mercury. There was a story about Pocahontas. A little sad news. You want to talk? Yeah, about there is a little bit of a sad news. Um, one of our actresses, Ruby Garcia, was was found dead in her car under suspicious circumstances. And it's very unfortunate. She was a very bright light that got turned out way too quickly, and I, it really hits me really close to it. I I don't. I, I kind of get a little choked up when I talk about it because she was really close to me. And um, Barry Radcliffe was a really good personal friend of hers. But yeah, and it's unfortunate that we're getting exposure because of that, you know. But yeah. we're trying to do her memory well, and she she did a really great job. She was the only person who was willing to get nude. She did things that no one else would do on this movie. What part does she play? Just so that people she plays connect. Katori. Okay, who is. Um, uh, Bear Buford's uh, house assistant, we'll mm-hmm. say. Okay. <laughs> Bear Radcliffe p- plays Bear. Excellent. And I think I've seen a young lady in yes, costume at the yes. con. Yes, we did a little tease around today. We had um, Nalita Brosnick, who was our makeup artist on the film. She dressed up as Pocahontas, wearing the necklace and wearing the outfit. And we're just, you know, hey, Sunday at 11, Sunday at 11. a lot of cameras around here all day. <laughs> yes. A lot yeah. of cameras. <laughs> so what's the plan for the movie after the convention here today? What do you guys plan? Are you taking well, film festivals or what are you guys doing? Definitely. We're definitely hitting the festival circuit. And um, we've got talks with Lionsgate for distribution. We've uh-huh. got talks with a couple of other people who with distribution. And we're getting a lot of buzz about this movie. And, and I just wanted to thank everybody out there for, you know, just taking the time to look at it you mm-hmm. know it, not a lot of people will just you know look at your stuff and yeah, if they would just yeah. do that alone man you know that's great right right couldn't ask for anything more excellent. Well, that's excellent now can we expect maybe a Pocahontas yeah. 2 yes. <laughs> <laughs> even you know more it. hauntier <laughs> even more hauntier mm-hmm. oh yeah Barry is is definitely looking to do a sequel or even a remake of this one you know we did it on a very mm-hmm. low budget you know and mm-hmm. and we had our problems but you know it is what it is you know a, yeah. a good horror movie uh, I don't know about good but it's a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> you know? come on well, sell it you gotta sell it <laughs> that's the jump back right. down this is my selling point you'll see boobs you'll see blood and you'll see comedy. How's that? In that oh, order? Oh, the Holy <laughs> Trinity, right there. There you go. That's all we want in a horror movie. So, well, fantastic. Thanks for talking to us today. Oh, thank you, thank you, guys. We look forward to checking out and once again find it online at myspace.com slash Pocahontas the movie. Right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can check that out. Once again, everybody, that was Veronica Craven. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Appreciate guys. it. Thank you, and welcome back to the Fanboy Planet Podcast. I'm Eric Zuckerman, and I'm not your host. I'm your guest. Um, Man, he took right over. Oh, here is my flaw. I said Uckerman, not Uckerman. That was the problem. It's, yeah, it's the same you as in sugar. So, Well, now I know. Yeah. I don't mm. take sugar. Oh, Eric, the same you as in sugar. Why is he here? Why is he talking? Because he is host of the, of the fandom's favorite uh, talk show, Eric in the Elevator. Yes, and we are extremely this near is to my Derek, This is Derek close by the, the elevator. Uh, right yeah, now. you're very near to my studio, but obviously all of this equipment wouldn't fit in there. We are, so. we are so grateful that you took the time to step out of the elevator <laughs> and talk, talk to us. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, well, it's, it's wonderful. It's, talk it's, at us, really, is what I suspect <laughs> is going to happen. But. It's my pleasure, Derek. Um, is the light good on me? The light's great. It's, okay. you know, it's fantastic Switch for Switch to camera three, please. <laughs> Believe me, you'll never look better in a non-visual environment. <laughs> okay. Okay, and uh, so I... Before before we get too far, we should like set up your premise. So, which I'm assuming started entirely by accident. So, um, not completely by accident. Okay. Um, friend of mine was visiting from the East Coast, where um, elevator talk shows had happened before, and he's like, "You have <laughs> what? Ca- you mean there's a long history of elevator yeah, talk okay, shows?" Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm the <laughs> first person back to the 17th century. I'm the first. Um, no, it's actually more like 1807. Okay, but um, very primitive camcorders at the time. Yeah. But uh, you know, and they crank. had to. Yeah, they had to etch each frame. You know, mm-hmm. 30 frames per second etched onto parchment. Really kind of clunky. But anyway, oh. uh, so you know, I'm the John. 
John Cooper, this friend of mine from the East Coast, said to me, you know, you have a camcorder. Let's do an elevator talk show. And it was just one of those moments that, <gasps> yes, this is what I was meant to do. It's like, you will build an ark, you know, a kind of uh, moment for me. And uh, so we got into the elevator. He, we hand-scrawled a couple of uh, cue cards for the cue card shake of applause and laughter. And we just dragged a couple of chairs and the potted plant. Potted plant is a very important, extremely important traditional element. We sort of, of have one talks. near us. It's yeah, well, there, that's, so. that's why I feel right at home. Derek. There you go. Anyway, so, uh, and we just kind of were off and running. We didn't have any material prepared or any um, preparation. We just kind of launched into it, and it was just that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that improv. And it's gotten, over the years, it's gotten a little bit less spontaneous as people kind of know who I am and expect to see me but um and I, oh can I be next have you, have you thought about hiding behind the potted plant and just springing out at them <laughs> well here's the, the thing it's Unlo- not quite that big yeah plant. the, the uh, plants that really uh, seen the, plant. the plants that my uh, cue card chick and set dresser uh Beth and wife, I should mention, um, have been getting, have been, you know, maybe about the size of like a large pineapple, not literally a large pineapple, but about that size. So but I don't you know, think as, that, as far as our listeners are concerned, you could be the size of a large pineapple. Well, no one knows. or I could have you. such amazingly good Navy SEAL training that I could camouflage myself oh, that's right, you right were, behind you were, you were a Navy plant. SEAL for three years, weren't you? Uh, yeah, before I grew my hair out. That's correct. It's amazing yeah. how this podcast has taken on all the flavor of what you're <laughs> <laughs> And I don't even know that because uh, I can't be bothered that's to watch the Eric's show. That's because Eric's leading you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Maybe it could be my skills too, Rick. I've seen all your all your films at cons. Like a good person, unlike is there, Derek. Is there any other way people who, I never who don't have good. proximity to you can see these films? Okay. Well, first of all, um, we're actually branching out geographically. We had uh, a um, Stephen on the staircase. No, 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 no. As far <laughs> as taking the no, the shows are filmed at Baycon, and uh, that that's. That's still remaining, but we're taking screenings we're, to we're, more and more different conventions. For, we're for, in Silicon for one Yeah, day, and know, actually right um, in about three hours, I'm going to have my first ever official screening as That'll an official con event. That'll be good for our listeners who will hear this in three or four days. Yeah, so I know. It's don't a, hurry down, folks. Okay, jump into your DeLorean. So really, <laughs> two, hours and, uh, two days and 21 hours ago, <laughs> you were about to have... Okay, this hurts my head. All right, (laughs) (laughs) we're wrapping. So, those of you that either have uh, the DeLorean or have like uh, Hiro Nakamura's time jumping ability, you can still make it. Uh, It's not too late. It's not too late. but anyway, um, we're also uh, going. You might to want to save President Kennedy, though. Yeah, that that too. Well, so how do you think that screening went? <laughs> I think it was awesome. You know, okay. the Carmel Room was a good, um, was in the past tense a good environment. Yeah, and uh, um, so anyway, we're also in the actual future. When people are listening to this, we're going to be uh, doing a screening party at Oricon um, in Portland, um, November somethingeth, and uh, oh, okay. LostCon um, in L.A. on Thanksgiving Day weekend. And uh, then, of course, leading up to the uh, the main event is Arisia. For those of you who are listening from the Northeast, um, I will be the fan guest of honor at Arisia 2008. Sweet. Really excited about that. That's in Iceland, right? Uh, no, it's in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Northeast. which is right near Boston. Um, and uh, little town. <laughs> I've been to their market. Yeah, they have a couple of uh, couple little colleges there, you know. Yeah, so not really, not really a college town. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, really. I guess the you were asking for a YouTuber and yeah, on well, uh, that, website. That, that, that's an interesting point because you only do these yourself right. live. Well, you don't actually do the viral video thing. I am. Uh, I'm not actually. I haven't. YouTube has not won my trust yet because their disclaimer is written. Oh, you put it on our site. We own it, or even we pwn it, and not fully. It's one thing to do that with something that you downloaded off of your TiVo, and it's another thing to do that with something that you've built right. and put a lot of work into. So I may put some video. I'm going to put like the trailer on my own site, and uh, I have a trailer from season one through season three, and. I'm going to need to put together a uh, teaser trailer for Season 7. Which and what be, site would that be, Eric? Um, well, it would be my... Uh, it's uh, 
I'll put it on a directory on my website. It's uh, <laughs> I, I don't have oh, my own no. domain oh, for Eric in the no. Elevator yet. That's it's Zuckerman's terrible. Zuckerman's favorite is it, is famous elevator. Yeah, it'll yeah. be uh, well. I, 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 I'm I'm deprived. I don't have this fancy equipment with the little uh, oop oh, behind the pop screen. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, but you do. Uh, it's a good thing to note for our audience that you are wearing the Green Lantern ring. Yes, and do you have but really, it doesn't. It, was, it doesn't work. You, haven't got you the have willpower. no willpower. Clearly, no, no, no. no, no I think it's broken. I like. No, no, I said had, if, if you had willpower, willpower, you'd have a good mic. I, yeah. I well, I have strong willpower, strong won't power, and you know. And I said the rhyme and everything, and it's just. I think it's you know one of those cheap Malaysian knockoff okay. Green Lantern rings. The Owens have been trying to get that shut down, yeah. but it just doesn't. It's not working. Yeah, it keep on coming back. Mm. Well, thanks for showing us. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's right here. Yeah, tour. let's cut to the. Uh, let's cut to yeah. the. To okay, you bore us now. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. you wound me, Dad. I do not. Yeah. All right, we're the third floor. We can push him out now. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric, for taking the time. We look forward to it's been my pleasure. The next convention Derek in which we encounter Rick. you. Good okay. luck in your screening. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We do hope that it is about to have done well. Yes, and uh, of course, Aresia in Boston, M- Martin Luther King Day weekend. So it isn't Aresia. That's the that's the the Green Lantern. It is. Yeah. So, uh, no, Aresia. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, the, it's the it's the Catholic schoolgirl Green Lantern. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> So that's it for this week. Before we go, we'd like to thank the staff of Silicon for making all of us fanboys feel at home, particularly Hillary Ayers and Dan Lopez. Thanks a bunch, guys. So until next time, remember to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. What? Where's Lon? Should be here any second. Moving like, like a ninja. He's moving like Grease Lawn. Grease Lawn. <laughs> I'm a little disturbed. <laughs> Sit down, man. Okay, you're on three. <laughs> okay. Take gains down. Get on the mic, put on some headset. We're not going to do this as a continuous one. We're going to do these as sets. So we'll yeah, have to introduce okay. each one. We wanna, what we want to do first is kind of get who's on the mic, like mm-hmm. who's the leader of it. Yeah. What the base is, you know, like what's what it is. Then introduce everybody who's going to be on mic, and then go into questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. So sounds good. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's see. We'll take care of our introduction later. Can you then. do? Uh, why don't you put on the headset? Go ahead. Yeah. She, it's going to ruin her hair. Oh, so, <laughs> and your hair Already is ruined. a goner. <laughs> so. Okay, I want to take this stuff down. It was way up too high last week. Okay, can you hear? Her? Yes. Okay. Now you want to get. You gotta want to stay within about four inches of the mic. You have a pop filter here, so you don't have to worry about overmodulating or anything. Right. Unless you really start to yell, and then I'll just turn you down. <clears throat> okay. So let's hear your voice first. You're on Testing one. one, two, three. Test one, two, three. Okay, so that sounds pretty good. Let's hear you. Testing one, two. Oh, Testing you come through really three. good. You don't have to get any closer. Okay. You're just as long as you talk like that, like you're a little angry. Sure, right here. Okay. <laughs> like a little angry. <laughs> what did you do to get? She's good at that. You're upset with him about the whole chair thing. Yeah. That's your motivation. <laughs> okay. And you're on two. Let's hear you. Burn Hollywood, burn. That's good. Hang on, just a second. Let's oh, take no. a little low out. Try it. Try it again. Going. Hello. Check. Good. 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 And Derek, you're I'm, free. I'm here. Am I? It's about where I normally would sit. I guess I'll stay here. And okay. Pretend you care. Pretend I care? Into the microphone. I do care. Okay, that's You know I care. And I sound great. Okay, I'm going to do a clean start. So you want to think right now about how you're going to, what you're you're pushing, Mm -hmm. and then we'll go through and introduce everybody, and then you can do a little bit more, and then Derek will undoubtedly interrupt you with with odd, bizarre questions. Hey, I'm the host. I can do that. Uh, Do you want to be billed as Disciple? Is that how I should pronounce it? 
yeah. disciple. All okay. Right. So I guess you'll 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 start us off. We'll go to you. Introduction. Mm-hmm. Then go from there. It should be natural. So try and just talk so you can hear yourself talk for Yeah, um, I can hear myself pretty good. That's good. Okay, I guess it could be me. I have some charms. Lana, I'm going to pause the... Is it charms or chops? Both. Charms? Charms? Trumps. Is it not locked? Is it locked? Ah, there we go. Cool. So it's Mark Bode, right? Mark Bodie. 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 Okay. Yeah. Son of Von Bodie. Got it. Familiar with both of your works. Big fan. All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for my dad as well. Your dad disturbed my uh, young feelings about women's figures and what they should be. Yeah. Yeah. And that he did took the me same a long to time me. to get straightened out. <laughs> <laughs> He was, uh, it was very interesting growing up with my father, um, because he was, uh, him, you know, his imagination was, was really, you know, very, very well, uh, Developed and well, let's get a clean start on the podcast because we're going to cut okay. this into a show. You're actually we're going into a fantastic answer for a question we didn't capture. So, <laughs> so yeah. So what we're going to do is Derek's going to do an intro. He'll do just okay. the slight intro, and then you can go ahead and say what you're active in right now, like your right. movie and stuff. And then we'll and we'll take it from mm-hmm. there. We'll do about five to seven minutes. Okay. Sound good for you? Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Go. Oh. And we are back with Fanboy Planet. We are with Mark Bodie. Uh, comic book artist, uh, visualist, son of. <laughs> okay, let's hear you. Let's hear you on that. So you can actually crowd the mic pretty good because the pop filter protect uh, the microphone. So okay, okay, good. This is more. Um, this is more of a very official setup than my uh, gorilla. We know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You're a gorilla. Some of us have hobbies that are excessive. And you have real equipment, and, yeah. you know, actual. Well, let's let's do a little okay. let's do a little roll in and introduce so you. Know you Eric enough to? I think enough. Okay. So let's wait. Dirt. Quiet on the set, please. Yeah. Shut down the ele. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And we are back. This is a, a great treat. We are with Eric Zuckerman, fan favorite. Eric Zuckerman, fan favorite. Oh, he doesn't like to be called that. Uh, he winced as I said. So we start. So we start over again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. When, when we uh, can. I, can I introduce myself? And okay. Just kind of. Oh sure, sure, sure. Roll, okay. in the, roll in the dueling shit. hosts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have three hosts and no. Uh, anyway. Everyone's spoken. Everyone's allowed. There we are. Okay. Let's talk about our porn pass. Oh no, forget it. Do you have one? All right, I mean, we can talk about it. Yeah. But there's one with the donkey and the chain. You were you were in a lot of puppet sex. <laughs> you said the camera you? wasn't filmed. Right. Okay. They were actually public service announcements. Okay, well that's yeah. good. You said you saw that. So now you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Luckily, they had my face blurred out. And I only did the sure, sure. Sure. Uh, and um, there's no camera. No, it's like Star Trek. There's a camera you just can't see that's recording every minute of our lives. For later playback in case there's a trial. <laughs> okay, you can start any time. Oh, I know, I know. 